and welcome to Focus AF. My name's Carolina and I'm your host. Each episode will tell you real stories about mental health, advocacy and the health and social care sector. This podcast is brought to you by Advocacy Focus, the charity helping you live the life you want to live. Welcome to Focus AF. Today we're joined by Jenny from Be Happy Resources talking about children and young people's mental health. Welcome back to Advocacy Focus, Jenny. How does it feel to be back in the office? <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, it feels really nice to be back. Um, you guys helped me a lot back in the day when I worked here with my own mental health. Um, so yeah, it's always good to come back here and say hello to everyone. We are so happy to see you. It's so nice to have you here. And Thank you. It's just, it just feels normal to see <laughs> yeah. your face in the office, really. <laughs> so obviously we've known each other for quite a while. We've worked together for a couple of years here at Focus You Focus and now you're off being your own boss. Yeah. Um, should we start with a bit about your experience of anxiety and how this made you so passionate about children's mental health? Um, yes, yeah, so I've had anxiety for a very long time. Um, I, probably since I was about six years old, right, I started having panic, panic attacks and it was all around this sort of phobia with death. And at the time it was health anxiety, but I didn't know until I was much, much older. Um, and I didn't get help for that until I was 28. So this sort of like made me think about how if I'd been supported more back when I was six, like my mum and dad, they followed me around a lot of appointments um, to a lot of different doctors. I got diagnosed with everything from hypochondria to an eating disorder. Um, I never got any support or help. My mum and dad just sort of did things at home to help me. Um, and then this ended up sort of accumulating through my life to be being really very unwell when I was about 28, just before I started working here. Um, and I actually got fired from a previous job for having this anxiety and admitted to them that I was going to go to therapy. So I just feel that if I had had some support and some maybe preventative measures, some education around mental health when I was younger that it wouldn't have sort of spiralled throughout my life into what it became. Um, so, yeah, this is why I've become so passionate about it, because I think that we need to get in there as early as, early as possible children, uh, teach them about mental health and their emotions and their thoughts. Um, and I think that by helping them understand it and, and manage this world of mental health as they grow up, it could actually maybe prevent some illnesses from manifesting for as long as they do or from becoming much more serious. Yeah, and that's why. That's why. Yeah. So um, tell us about Be Happy Resources then. Um, why did you start it? <coughs> what do you do? When did you start all this? Um, so it actually started with my son. He, when he was very young in the first lockdown, he started having the same signs and symptoms that I had um back when I was six only he was three he was he was much younger but I managed to sort of spot this straight away and through working here and learning all I did about mental health and working on some resources for adults when I was here across Lancashire and some children uh, some children's stuff when I was here I started to sort of put that knowledge into creating stuff for my son Zach um to use so it was just all about helping him learn and understand his emotions and and why he was feeling like he was. So for him, it, it was more about leaving the house, like it was during the lockdown. 
Um, and he got this anxiety that it wasn't safe outside and that he didn't want to leave the house and he wouldn't sleep at night and he started working in the bed more and stuff, things like this. So um, I started working with him and we started creating stuff together and at first it started out with just some flashcards and then sort of 12 months down the line ended up having about 100 resources and I thought, well, maybe I could use this to help other parents in the same situation and... Um, the children that are maybe waiting for support and the parents may maybe feel a bit helpless when they're at home. Um, so, yeah, that launches a Be Happy Hub, which is our resource centre um, for mental health resources. And we now have over 400 resources on there to help children learn about mental health and help them learn coping techniques that they can use and um, take into adulthood and hopefully sort of build the resilience because it's... We we kind of think that children are coping because they don't they because they don't tell us and mm-hmm. um, they always seem that they're okay they're happy and playing but it's because they at a young age they don't have the ability to vocalize and communicate how they're feeling so we kind of think that they're resilient because of this mm-hmm. but they're not resilient is resilience is something that's learned and built over time. Um, so something we're born with. Yeah, it's not something we're born with. Uh, it's, we're all born with the ability to um, learn resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully what the aim of the hub is is to, to help children learn about mental health, to spot signs and symptoms, to learn coping techniques and to build that resilience so that when they become an adult and throughout childhood, they can navigate the ups and downs of life um, more effectively. Yeah, and obviously I'm I'm quite familiar with um, the resources because obviously I keep an eye on your social <laughs> media, um, and we we still communicate quite regularly. And what I really like about the resources is that there's stuff that the child the child can do on their own. There's stuff that they do with their parents. So I think it's quite a good mix of perhaps if someone doesn't feel as comfortable having those conversations with an adult yet is something that the adult can provide for the child to kind of work through uh, on their own perhaps but then there's also that kind of connection and that coming together of the parent or carer doing that work and having those conversations so I think there's something that really quite valuable in that of bringing those yeah. two sides together we, actually, we try and make everything as engaged and as fun as, as possible like all our activities we have like games worksheets uh workbooks activities crafts uh lots of different things to sort of get a child thinking and connecting with their parent as well but what we, what I found when when I launched it I thought yes this is going to be for lots of parents that want to sign up and support their child but then it actually ended up becoming something that was much bigger and we ended up getting sign-ups from schools, uh, clinicians and lots of mental health professionals, social workers, uh, hospices, children's homes. There's lots and lots of people signed up now. And I would say that parents are probably about 20% of the actual Mm. customer base now compared to the amount of professionals uh, and even clinicians and stuff from the NHS that we have on there that are using these resources daily and things like therapy sessions, um, and stuff like that so we take like um techniques that exist like breathing techniques and simple mindfulness techniques and we just make that into something fun a lot of the time we think that when we talk to children about their mental health and mindfulness it's about visualizing stuff but a lot of children aren't very visual 
uh, they need to see something. They need to see something on a piece of paper or they need to sort of do so something. They can talk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the resources are about. It's all about making it more interactive. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's so interesting to hear that actually mostly it's professionals that are using these resources. I think what that shows is actually how big of a gap there is yeah. when it comes to children's mental health um, resources and support in general, to be honest, as well. Um, so it's really, really interesting that you're actually working so closely with those professionals and that they're using your resources as part of not their personal lives, but actually their professional lives. So... We've talked about be happy. We've talked about the the sorts of that you do and what your goals are. More generally speaking, why do we need to talk more about children's mental health? We need to talk about children's mental health because there is a current crisis going on um, that's not getting much noise. Um, you ask any professional, and they will they will tell you that there's long wait times uh, across the country with a lot of children in some areas are waiting up to three years for professional support and some children are even getting into adulthood before they have received the, the support that they need. Uh, one in four children are currently being turned away for support from CAMS um, and people, children that are self-harming and are getting seen because it's not uh, being treated as serious enough. It doesn't meet the strict thresholds that they've got in place. So things like this are going to be manifesting throughout their lives and just snowballing until they get worse and worse mm -hmm. because they haven't received that support uh, at the time that they needed it. I was speaking to somebody from Cairns the other day who had a 13-month waiting list just for an assessment and they only had Just one, for the assessment, just for the assessment, support. Yeah, and they oh. only had one um, professional at uh, psychologist at the time who was there to support the children in the area gosh and um, so it there's been a really huge increase as well in the amount of children needing support um across the country in some areas it's up 28 percent uh, in the last year alone and um an explosion in referrals as well since the pandemic uh, children struggling um to move on from that uh, Children experts have actually said that children in primary age school children are the worst impacted mentally um, from the pandemic. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. And why do you think that might be? Um, because we, because children's brains are still developing, and um, they a lot of like a a protective factor for children's mental health is feeling safe. Uh, and for a year, we told them that the world wasn't safe. Mm, yeah, um, that makes sense. So we said it's not safe to go outside, you have to stay home. And now we're seeing children with social anxiety, we're seeing children with separation anxiety, cases like that, things are increasing. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously you mentioned with Zach as well, with that fear of kind of going out of yeah. the house. Um, it's, I just think, like you said, it's something that is just progressively becoming worse and worse, but I don't feel like it's being talked about. Yeah. I think in the news, we do see a lot around adult mental health yeah. um, and, and potentially to a level like younger people, but I don't think specifically children yeah. are much talked about. And I think it very much goes back to what you said about people just think that children will just snap back yeah. because children are resilient. But that's not the case. But, but that's clearly not the case. And... Um, I think the factor of actually being away 
from all their friends, from their teachers, from that school environment, that in itself must have had a huge, huge impact, not just mentally and emotional, but in terms of my social skills as well. Yeah. You know, just knowing what it's okay to say and what isn't and how do we have kind conversations and how do we learn, you know, all those kind of rules that you kind of learn in, in the playground type thing. So that's really, really interesting. So you mentioned uh, separation anxiety. Uh, you also mentioned uh, some level of like health anxiety. What would you say are the most common common topics that your subscribers ask you about? Um, we get a lot of requests for separation anxiety for older children, which I think most people associate separation anxiety with babies and toddlers. Um, we've just done a separation pack for children aged 9 to 11 because uh, parents are actually requesting for this age group that they are struggling to leave um, their their parents and their caregivers. Um, We get a lot of requests for social anxiety as well, which is something you just hit up on there about children struggling to return back into the social uh, crowds that they were in before. And grief, we get a lot of grief requests um, as well. Uh, to support children that have maybe lost somebody close to them. I do know that there's a stat from the pandemic that one in 50,000 children lost a parent to COVID. Oh gosh, that's awful. So we do get a lot of grief stuff and we do have a lot of grief resources on there to support children. God, that's just heartbreaking, isn't it? I never knew that statistic. That Mm. is really... uh, Because again, we talked about all the people that have lost parents that were maybe living in care homes or you know people that have lost colleagues at work and you don't think that you know that parent in a care home is someone's grandparent as well yeah you kind of forget that so many children would have been so affected by in death we don't really talk about no we don't we're very afraid to talk about death Mm. society yeah and I don't know if it's a cultural thing I don't know if it's something that is particular to to this country I'm sure there's other cultures that talk about death much more openly but I do have a feeling that it's one of those topics that just kind of gets swept under the rug and a lot of adults don't know how to talk about it so Mm. how do they know how to talk about it with their their children Mm. and especially if an adult in a child's life is grieving as well it's going to be a very difficult topic to talk about as you go through it Mm. Wow, that's really eye-opening. I hadn't thought about that side of things at all. So that's really hit home, actually. Um, so some tips for our listening, uh, for our listeners. What would you say are your top tips for starting mental health conversations with a child? Obviously, wait until a child is calm and ready to learn Um sit them down uh, you can use something interactive we have free guides on the site as well which are quite like little, little books that you can download to talk about mental health at home um, but you can also just get like a pad and paper and do some doodling or like just sit comfortably somewhere on the floor at the table and just ask them how they're feeling and talk to them about their brains and how how this works um, sometimes it can take a bit of perseverance because I remember when I first started my son he just didn't understand at all. Um, and I did, I actually had a message from somebody the other day saying that they were trying resources with the trial. And at first they just shut off completely. They didn't want to learn about emotions. It, it's, you know, and a lot of people can do that. You, you can just shut that, like turn it off as soon as you hear stuff like that. 
Um, but she kept going and she kept like trying to do it. Um, and eventually her child sort of came around to the idea. And now they're having really good conversations about emotions and thoughts and stuff. And my son, Zach, he says to me, um, he says, Mommy, my, he's got his new supervisor coming up. And he said, um, Mommy, my brain is telling me that I'm anxious. And it was like for a six-year-old to say that, like just shows how much he's now aware of his thoughts and his emotions and like that's his brain telling him that it's not necessarily true. Um, and that's something that we can work on. So that's amazing. <laughs> so how's that level? I mean, so many adults don't have that level of self-awareness, let alone a <laughs> six-year-old child. So but I think that like this is exciting in in a way because imagine if those adults had had that when we were a child like this is an opportunity now to help this generation grow up as the most emotionally mentally aware like what where could that go in the future yeah Uh, we don't support children or adults at the minute until they're at a crisis point um but we need to be focusing more on preventative measures and helping children learn about their thoughts thoughts and feelings from a young age so um, we had the, the tip of um, making sure that the child is comfortable, um, trying to be uh, persistent, but sort of taking it at the child's pace as yeah, well, not kind of forcing it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what about tips for parents or carers to look after their own well-being? We actually have some adult resources on there as well. We have a motherhood section um, and a parent section. So there are some sort of breathing techniques and breathing exercises and mindfulness stuff that they can do on there. But the one thing I would say is, I don't know about you, but I feel that since the pandemic has ended, life has just sped up so much, like to to a level that it wasn't even before. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like things are just going so fast now and, and like, and I'm struggling to keep up, like, to to talk to my friends, to have social life, to have a work life, to to keep my mental health in check, make time for self care and stuff. It's just it's been a bit crazy, especially since we had that period where things might have been a bit slower for some people. Um, so I think that like I would just say um, take time out. Uh, we've learned that if we slow down, the world doesn't end. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't feel like you have to keep up with everyone and everything um, and just try and find that time for self-care is the most important thing yeah and I think we talk about self-care and I say this a lot of people think that self-care is just you know go take a bath and light a candle but you know it doesn't have to be that self-care can be taking five minutes for yourself it can be taking 10 minutes half an hour an hour however much you can spare and however much you're going to benefit from and it's about doing whatever you enjoy doing, not what social media is telling you that self-care yeah. looks like, but actually sitting down with yourself and thinking, what would I enjoy doing right now? What would I feel would help calm me down, put my stress levels at bay? So I think there's something definitely to be said about how to engage in that self-care when you yeah. then are a parent. That's probably another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we could probably go off for hours. But um, yeah, I think there's something to be said about... Because like I said, it's easy for us to say, you know, take five or ten minutes. Yeah. But when you're working is, yeah. and you've got children and you've got so many responsibilities, like how do you actually find those five minutes? Yeah, I bet it's it a is challenge. really hard. Um, especially like as, as a parent, your brain never switches off. 
like even when they go to bed at night, you're still thinking about all the things you've got to do whilst they're in bed and what you've got to get ready for the next day. But I would say it is important to try and take five, 10 minutes every day just to calm your brain and, and stop the thoughts for, for a little while by mm. doing something. Mm. So we've got some tips there. Take time, engage with your self-care. To come to the final bit of our episode then, what are three things that you want our listeners to remember after listening to today's episode? The first thing that I'd like people to remember is that preventative measures work. Uh, We need to be helping children as early as possible to understand their mental health and what to do if they become upset or worried or even if they become mentally unwell. Uh, Children play with doctors' sets from an early age, my daughter's obsessed with looking after all the stuffed animals in a little makeshift hospital. Uh, They understand physical ailments. They understand that if they fall over, um, they'll get a cuddle and you'll give them a plaster to make it feel better. But I think we need to go a bit further than that now. We need to help them understand that if they they have there's something not right with their mental health, then we can do something about that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's about normalising mental health in the home and um, at school and stuff and talking about it uh, and having the same empathy for mental health that we have for physical health um, and just really getting in there as early as possible mm-hmm. and helping children as they grow. There is a, it's a stat that half of all mental health conditions are diagnosed but before the age of 14. So why would we not want to equip our children with the knowledge and empowerment to to take care of their own well-being and to know if their own well-being is um, is getting worse. Mm-hmm. So preventative measures. Yeah, but, um, that's my first um, takeaway mm-hmm. from this. Is there, if there's any children in uh, the life of people listening to this to try and get that conversation about emotions and mental health going? Um, even if it's just as simple as asking how they feel every day, like that is just the, the first thing that you can start doing. Right, right now. So prevention, what's your yeah. second? Um, just to remember as well that children are naturally resilient. Um, resilient is learned and built through time, and we need to help children do that if you want them to become adults who can cope with the ups and downs in life, with, of life. Um and to remember that if a, a child is silent and they're not communicating how they feel, it, it doesn't mean that they're okay. Uh, a lot of children communicate things with their behaviour. So if they're having tantrums or outbursts, this is usually a sign that there's something going on underneath all that. Um, it's not something that they, a lot of children just do just to misbehave. For the sake of it. Yeah, it's something that maybe sometimes needs investigating um, if there's recurring sort of physical signs and symptoms, even something as simple as them saying that they have a tummy ache every day, um, it might not be physical. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to get that checked out to make sure that that is a classic sign of a child that might be worrying or dealing with a, a mental health problem. Excellent. And your last one? Uh, sign up to be Happy Hub. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So how can people sign up? Um, they can head to our website, uh, which is behappyresources.co.uk and they can sign up there. The prices start from just one ninety nine a month and that is to access the whole hub. So we currently have 400 resources and activities on there 
and we add resources and activities every week. So this is, it'll, ne it'll never run out of things to do. Um, and it's just as simple as logging in, downloading something and printing it and trying it. And I would always say if something doesn't work, to go back and try something else another time. Yeah. And you've got some free resources on the website as well. Yes, we do have some free guides which are um, approved by our clinical psychologist um, to help children understand things like mental health, grief and panic attacks and anxiety. It takes children through well, then using our mental health monsters. And we also have some free resources that you can download and try at home as well if you want to try them before signing up. Excellent. So before I let you go, are there any things you want to shout out about or promote to our listeners? Um, yeah, we have um, discounts for uh, professionals to use the hub if they um, buy so many logins. So we've worked with um, two NHS trusts sold them a number of logins and we discount them based on how many they buy. Mm -hmm. um, and with CAMS as well, we have leaflets going into the CAMS waiting rooms and they will be uh, using our leaflets and our information to outreach to local schools in the area. Um, so to get in touch, if anybody would like to work together with us, Excellent. And this uh, also goes to uh, local schools, teachers as well? Yes, we actually have our schools plan, um, which you get five annual logins to the hub uh, for a discounted price. You actually get uh, five logins for the price of three when you buy the schools plan so that it can be used simultaneously across the school by different teachers who might want to log in and download some of the resources. Excellent, great stuff. So thank you so much, Jenny. It's been a pleasure to have you. Do you feel relieved yes. now? Like, so. wow. <laughs> I was then nervous. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been great to come back and to talk about Be Happy Resources. Thank you so much for your time. And for our listeners, thank you for staying with us. And we'll talk to you next time. If you want to find out more about the work that we do, visit our website at advocacyfocus.org.uk. Thank you for listening and see you next time.